Hello and welcome to episode 52 of the Console Ninjas Podcast. I'm Jay Stokes and with me today we have Willie. Hello. And, oh, who's this? It must be a new boy. Oh no, it's only Terry. Hello, Beardy. Ah, ah. Hi. Hi, <laughs> <All right>, mate. <laughs> How's it going? Good to have you back. Back from the land of uh, real life and things. Yeah, it's not been fun, but I'm glad to be back. Oh, that is life, mate. We all know about that. Uh, well, anyway, yeah, good to have you back. Uh, hello, listeners, people who are downloading this. Hello, Mum. Good to see you again. <laughs> oh, yeah, and Will's mum, yeah, five people. Um, yeah, here we're back with another uh, unedited show. It seems to be going quite well, actually, lads. They're having a, a decent bit of feedback. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. But the annoying thing is people are saying they're enjoying the show, but they're not telling us what. They're, what they're doing and what they're, how they're interacting and stuff like that. So get a bit more interactive on your feedback, people. It's good to know you're listening. It's good to know what you're enjoying. But give us a bit more, eh? Give us something to talk about. Yeah. If you think I was, yeah. if you think I was an utter cunt when I was talking about Destiny last week, tell me. Well, yes. <laughs> you were a bit of an utter cunt. Really. <laughs> so, and if you think I'm not a cunt for uh, not having the levels properly on the audio, um, oh yeah, people have already told me about that. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Right, this week uh, we've been playing some games again and. Uh, well, do you want to talk about your fantastic cinema experience? First? Well, see, before I do that, can I just um, have a, a wee bit of a callback to last week's episode? Um, I, sometimes I listen to the episodes back just to see how they go and stuff like that. And I think I came across really negative about the game, and I did have a lot of match game De- destiny. Sorry, <laughs> I think I think I came across really negative about destiny last week, and there were a lot of disappointments about the game and stuff. But it's just to point out that. Um, I do love the game, and there is a lot to love in this game, <laughs> especially in the uh, the cooperative fun in it and the, the the gunplay as we mentioned last week. But I just wanted to get that across that I don't hate the game as much as it sounded last week. Is that fair enough? I should bloody hope not. Especially now, since since we recorded last week, I've now got two exotic weapons, so <laughs> I'm I'm massively excited about the game right now. But yeah, that's that's all I'm going to say about that. But yeah, as for cinema experiences, I took a trip to see the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, or as I'm calling it, Michael Bay's Transformers 5. Fair enough. <laughs> so, um, what was this blockbuster, this Oscar-winning performance by everyone? Was it good? Uh, no, it wasn't. It wasn't a good movie at all. It was decent, it was entertaining, but it was downright stupid, and it was full of all them stupid Michael Bayisms, you know, like the really crappy, off-key jokes that I don't know who they think finds it funny. Uh, they've did a lot to, you know, it's you've got Megan Fox back in it playing April O'Neil. Well, she's playing somebody, but she's supposed to be playing April O'Neil. Uh, they did a lot, like when you watch the original Transformers, she's very, very, very sexualized in that. Like you've got. A, like draped over the top of motorbikes wearing hard. I hardly even noticed yeah. them. What you talking about? Because that's how you paint a motorbike. They've attempted to try and. It looks like they've they've made an effort to try and not do that well. So she spends most of the movie covered up, and um, she's boo. Do not want. <laughs> well, she's. I'm trying to make a point here, mate. Cheers. <laughs> but uh, she's 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 attempting to take the role serious, but they do go back to the odd kind of. There's a bit where she's hanging out the van trying to take a photo, and the guys concentrating too much on her arse and crashes the van and stuff like that but what I will say is the four turtles in this movie are amazing the the animation that's used in them they're seamless they look like real solid entities in the world their personalities are brilliant although I think Raphael comes across as being a bit too angry all the time I know he's supposed to be the angry one but he's also I mean, who? He's like the Stu Cullen of the turtles. Uh, I wouldn't go that far because uh, I mean, who watched the original series when they were a kid? You mean the Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles? Yeah, as we, uh, too much. to give it its proper title. Yeah. <laughs> but did, I think you guys watched that at yeah. some point in your youth. Raphael's supposed to be the sarcastic one, 
but in this, there's nothing of that in it. He's just angry. It's just really aggressive, angry Raphael. But that's about the only problem. The I actually like the the style of them because when you watch the original cartoon, it's just the same drawn with a color palette swap. Do you know what yeah. I mean? But in this, you can visually see which turtles which. I mean, uh, sometimes the, in... you you really need to have the headbands on them to be able to see, but they're never not wearing them anyway. But you can see differences in them. Raphael is built like a tank, mm. uh, whereas Donatello's kind of more slender and uh, he looks more geeky. And they've all got a lot of personality to their, to themselves. They don't just have like the the belts and their headbands and stuff. They're all adorned with different things. Like for instance, Raphael doesn't wear like the standard headband. He actually has, he wears his as a bandana. Right. And like uh, Donatello's covered in little gadgets and stuff over his shell. Leonardo, for some reason, has an NYC badge strapped to one of his straps and stuff. But there's a lot of personality between them, and I actually found myself having quite a few wee chuckles and giggles at them. Um, the only problem is, for some reason, they haven't put the same level of animation into Splinter. And when he's on the screen, he looks like a big, silly cartoon rat stood next to the humans. I mean, you're talking about a film that's got Ninja Turtles in it, and the the complaint is about a rat. No, I'm not complaining that... I mean, the turtles, yeah, you're talk, they're quite silly and ridiculous when you think about it. I'm talking about the animation style. It's as if they haven't mm-hmm. put as much effort into animating Splinter, and it just doesn't look real on the screen. Okay. I mean, uh, so, kind of voice work-wise, I mean... The the big thing that stuck out to me is the fact that they announced that Johnny Knoxville was going to play uh, Leonardo, and kind of a little fun aside here, uh, my missus, uh, one of her friends from high school, actually did the motion capture for Leonardo um, in this film, and the rest of them, like all the other motion capture actors, did the voices for the characters, apart from Leonardo, and they brought Johnny Knoxville in. Did they? Hang on a wee second. Yeah, yeah, the, ca- the motion capture actors for the other three turtles did the voice acting. Uh, Johnny Knoxville was the only one who uh, just, was replaced. Uh, as Leonardo? Yeah. According to the IMDB, it's a person called Pete Plozic. Yeah, that's my missus's friend. So is he just the motion capture guy? He's then? just the motion capture and then ah, Johnny I Knoxville didn't even, did the voice. I didn't notice Johnny Knoxville in there. Oh, that's alright then. At all. I thought it was going to be like really jarring Johnny Knoxville style. No, but I mean, Leonardo, Di- Leonardo DiCaprio? Leonardo! <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a better film. Leonardo is, um, to me, always in the Turtles, is the least kind of charismatic one of the bunch anyway, and he doesn't have the most to say. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. he's just he's just this kind of standard leader character, isn't he? Uh, so I, I found that if, he, if it was him, I never noticed. Okay. And whoever it's it sounded fine to me is what I'm getting at. Uh, the other thing about the movie is obviously the fighting against Shredder in the, in the movie. Now we've all seen the Shredder costume, haven't we? The th- no, thing right. that makes him look like he's just made of scissors. Uh, he's made a Megatron, actually. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure they just took the character model of Megatron and just. Added a couple of Japanese-looking things and some knives to him, and just stuck him out. Well, there. they had one go in spare now that Galvatron's in the. the yeah, yeah, he's got so nothing else reuse to do. The, reuse the costume. Ah, you, need, you need some work these days, Megatron. He'll be he'll be out begging in the streets. But the, the bit when they're fighting him at the end, I just couldn't help but see them fighting a giant transformer. It just looked really, really silly. And there's no Krang in there. Where the hell's Krang? Spoilers! Was there any uh, Bebop and Rocksteady? No, not a single Bebop or Rocksteady was to be had in this movie. Did they at least allude to these things? No. This is what I was upset about. Not upset, but you know what I mean? You're kind of sitting... I bet you were stood up in the cinema going, This is not canon! (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I kept waiting for a wee Bebop, Rocksteady, a wee Krang reference, or even a wee Casey Jones reference in there. Towards end. Who's the guy that's in Arrested Development? The um, uh, the guy who plays Job in Arrested Development. I know. He, he voices ba- Batman in the Lego movie as well. I can't remember what his name is, but um, he's in this movie, and I actually quite liked him, even though he plays one of those typical Michael Bay, 
not from the cartoons, but we're going to stick a human character in here to make jokes. He seems to be the only one that's in here, which I quite liked because the Transformers movies are just chock full of stupid characters that are in there just for the sake of making on-camera jokes. So mm-hmm. he seems to be the only comic, re- comic relief character in there and I actually quite enjoyed him, to be honest. So that that's something to, to say. Like, I, there wasn't any characters in this movie who I, who I absolutely hated. <laughs> uh, but... There's a bit where, and I think this is the, the the bit that was in the pre-release where people got to watch like five, ten minutes of the movie, where they're having a fight down a hill, like there's like trucks involved and cars and stuff, and you know how people are always complaining about the Transformer movies where, because they're just big stupid metal things, you can't tell what's going on on the screen, it just looks like metal smashing into metal, you can't tell who's winning or anything. Yeah. They managed to do this with the Turtles. Nice. It's just... Absolutely, like, they're all rolling down this hill, there's dirt flying everywhere, and the screen is just, you just can't make out a single thing that's going on. And these are bright green turtles. <laughs> I don't understand how they can actually make these things indistinguishable, but yeah, uh, I would say, I, I would say avoid it, but you're not, people who are listening that know what the turtles are and have had any invested interest in them are going to give it a try, aren't they? But. I just, I don't understand why I keep giving this guy money. I think this might be my last Michael Bay movie that I'm going to go and see in the cinema. <laughs> to be fair, he only produced this one. Yeah, you can see his involvement yeah. in here, though. You can, it's heavily in there, do you know what I mean? And as I say, I think, I think I'm done with the guy. I think I should have been done with him about three Transformers movies ago. But <laughs> I keep having, because he keeps getting these big licenses, these big things from my past that I really, really loved. You keep expecting them. You keep going. Well, you don't not expecting, but you keep going, hoping that one of them's going to be good. But no, I think my, my nah, dream... it's going it's to destroy uh, Thundercats next. I'm sure. Oh, don't don't sake. go there. Oh, He Man. <laughs> that that was already destroyed yeah. last time. So, yeah. The only thing is, if we get this Michael Bay verse, if he gets loads of these different licenses, are we going to see an Avengers situation where you've got like the Transformers and the Turtles and stuff? Fucking Transformers versus, versus Thundercats. Do not want on a plane. No. <laughs> but okay, anyway, that was that was my experience with the Turtles movie. Not happy at all. I wasn't expecting anything more, but I was kind of hoping. But um, yeah, after credit scenes. No, there isn't an after credit scene. I've found a handy website that's called aftercredits.com, and it tells you what's on there. Well, <laughs> it basically just tells you. When you look up your movie, it'll tell you whether it has a during the credit scene and if it has an after the credit scene. So we didn't even stick. What's the point in that? What's the, why? Because I'm fed up sitting. Because yeah. of these sit in your chair for five minutes. Be- because it's of not, these events, it feels like a fucking lifetime when you sat through credits. It does, and when you just get the logos up at the end, and then that's it. The the, the lights come up. You feel really disappointed. Um, as I said, I, I took a wee look because I didn't think this movie was worth waiting uh, unless there definitely was going to be something and there is a little something just during the credits but by the time it comes up you won't have even left the cinema yet. Right, okay. And it, even that wasn't even worth hanging about for. Um, it's it's a it's a boob reference. So... <laughs> I'll do one. That <laughs> doesn't but, include Megan Fox? No. It doesn't. Boo, do not it, it just involves another big piece of product placement. Which, by the way, this movie has millions of product placement. I think it might actually have more than Age of, Age of Extinction, which was riddled with it. Uh, every single phone call that takes place in this uh, movie takes place on Skype, as if anyone Skypes each other, like while you're out and about on your phone. Mm. Uh, and it's just like, it's always video calls where. You can see the big Skype logo up in the corner that's not even... I don't even think you get that when you're on Skype, but <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't, but uh, yeah, it's, it's just riddled with it. And, the, yeah, big qu- st- the big question is, what branded pizza do the turtles eat? <laughs> well, what do you think? Uh, well, I mean, there's only really two major changes. It's either Domino's or Pizza Hut. Yeah, it's Pizza Hut. Oh, right, okay. Nice big Pizza Hut box. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, that that makes sense because they've been sending me loads of emails from Pizza Hut recently trying to get me to buy pizzas with turtle yeah. branding on. Apparently, although I'm going to be um, questioning my local Pizza Hut now if they don't give me the pizza that was in the movie because um, apparently they, they have a 99 cheese pizza. 
<laughs> so I don't think there I, are 99 cheeses. I don't think so either. But uh, I will be demanding a 99 cheese pizza <laughs> the next time I go to Pizza Hut. You could claim it for first. Talking of uh, yeah, talking of product placement, was there a big Victoria's Secret bus that they crashed through like there was in in the Transformers? It's not a bus. That made me laugh. But what I am saying is. Wait till after the credit for the boob reference. For <laughs> <laughs> the product placement. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah. But yeah, that was my experience with the Turtles. Um, probably not even going to watch it again. If the sequel comes out, I'll wait for it to come out in DVD. <laughs> well, I feel like I have watched it and been disappointed by proxy, so uh, I won't go and watch that like I might have done tomorrow. I might be going <sighs> to see it tomorrow. Yeah, good luck with that, mate. <laughs> I'll probably have to bring the boy when he's up next week as well, so it'll be fun for you, you get to see it twice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I might bring my earphones. <laughs> nice. Um, right then, we're gonna move on from yes. that. So who's been playing some games and Terry, you must have played a game with all your fantastical consoles. And is there anything on that other console you've got? That shiny PS4. Oh, wow. How how's uh how's Drive Club PS Plus free edition? It's fucking been? awesome and everything. It's Is it? no, no, I can't play it. What's happened? Because oh. you know it's Drive Club. Sony bit... can't do servers. Yeah, we know. Well, when Destiny keeps on kicking you out and or stops kicking you out, then you let me know about server issues and shit like that. I know that was discussed in the last episode, but uh, yeah, Drive Club PS Plus edition. What a disappointment because it doesn't fucking exist. Um, because their servers are a bit wank, and they do this whole someone jumps on after someone jumps off situation and the servers can't handle it. The thing that blows my mind is the fact that they delayed this game for a year and you think the one thing they do is stress test the servers. Well, they didn't even run a beta for it. No. Not an, not an open beta like you'd imagine. I mean, you think that this PS Plus edition was supposed to be for release day of the of the console yeah. and they delayed it for a year along with the game because they needed more time to polish it. And you're trying to tell me that they didn't check the servers. Mm. It baffles me how this has it's become a thing. Um, and it's still a problem even with the main game. Apparently there's some server issues with it uh, since everything went live. Um, so yeah, I, I don't have a clue how this has happened. But Drive Club PS Plus Edition will forever can burn in fucking hell. Uh, <laughs> so what have you been having to go off while you've not been playing Drive Club? Well, Dash covered it pretty well last episode. Uh, I've been playing Shadow of Mordor, and I pretty much agree with everything you said. I really enjoy that game. Um, I've not done too much with it. I've maybe played about 16 hours of it, mm. and I've got about 40-plus percent uh, progression in it at the moment. I'm not usually into those sort of games, but really enjoyed it. Cool. Uh, let's yeah. see what else. Uh, Alien Isolation. Oh, don't. <laughs> even the mention of it, even the mere mention of the name sh- makes me shudder. <laughs> Does it send the sh- the shivers down your spine? Yeah. Tell me, tell me what you've been thinking about it. I've been playing it as well, but... Uh, I've not... I mean, well, you know, I don't know how far you've got into it, um, but I haven't... I've played probably about three or four hours in what's supposed to be a 15, 20-hour epic game. It's very heavily scripted at the beginning. There is... It's a nice looking game. I really like the aesthetic of the 1979 imagining of the future. I really like that aesthetic to it. So you've got your monochrome. Oh, I was reading. I was reading about that. Um, I was reading an article about the design and how they tried to get it so it would be exactly authentic if it happened at the end of the first film or something. Yeah. Ev- so nothing in there was out of place. Nothing couldn't have existed. At the end of that film, if you see what I mean. Yeah, there's... so they've like tried to keep the timeline with with all the artifacts around the game, which I think shows really well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like you first boot the game up and it's like the old seventy nine twentieth century Fox logo, and then you've got like CRT, like old monochrome CRT looking monitors, like big chunky things, and you know we're in an age of obviously like flat screen technological future and all that sort of stuff. But they've done a really good job with the aesthetic of it. Um, but it feels like. Bioshock. It feels like Rapture in space. Yes, it definitely does. The yeah, it's, it's got that feel to it. It's got the the kind of fake advertisement posters in their kind of own style. That they've got the uh, just the the environments themselves are, are big and rather attractive looking. It's it's like Rapture when you see the sea 
outside of this enclosed big fucking city under the water. Imagine that in space, but you just bathed in space and space like fucking technology. It's it's really nice looking and it's one of the best looking games I've seen of this generation. Yeah. Am I being brave in saying that? No, no, I I totally agree. Uh, the lighting effects are great, although there is one issue I would have with it. You know how when we talk about on Destiny, Jason, I've never spoken about it last week, but you know how we have that thing where you run down a corridor and your shadow changes, like it's, it's like a proper shadow that's happening. Mm-hmm. Like you can actually see the shape of your gun and it gets bigger as you walk uh, walk towards the light source and like stuff like that. Oh, sorry, as you walk away from the light source. I've noticed that isn't a thing in this, and I'm kind of thankful because... I'm already scared of all the shadows that are in the game as it is, and I don't want to have to shit myself every couple of minutes when I turn around and my, my own shadow's moving. So, but, yeah, I think that's something that could have been in there, but apart from that, the the lighting effects are stunning. The scenery, it's all seamless when you look at it. There's, there's no jagged edges. Everything yeah. just looks just so. It, it looks exactly like the original Alien movie. Yeah. I me. mean, I, th- I think... I don't know if you've had this on your version of the game. I, I think this has been a problem. The cutscenes. So it's not just me then. The cutscenes are the only part of it that the frame rate just seems to drop on pre-rendered cutscenes. I, I, I haven't had that. That's not my problem with the cutscenes. My problem with the cutscenes are quite a lot of the earlier scares take place in the cutscenes. And when I'm watching a cutscene, like for instance... I, I, as I say, it's not it's not um, spoilery to point out that someone gets killed by an alien in this game, do you know what I mean? But there's a point where you're with another character, and it's one of the earliest encounters with the alien. Mm-hmm. And it ta- in fact, I think it's the first ever encounter with the alien, Yeah. and it takes place entirely in a cutscene. And you're, you're taken out of your character's body, you're watching it, You look the, the characters are looking up, and there's all these chains, and there's stuff dripping down, and you're like... Right, so there's an alien going to kill him in this cutscene then, I suppose. And it kind of takes it out. I kind of wish... And then my my second uh, encounter with the alien was all in a cutscene as well. The the entire thing. And I just think that we don't need that right now. Do you know what I mean? The game looks better outside of the cutscenes anyway. And it would be more scary if it just happened right in front of your eyes. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, the thing is, though, is, like you said, I mean, that first time you encounter the alien, had that been from your perspective and seeing this guy get torn apart and just, like, killed, it would have been more shocking had it not been, like you said, like you are just looking inwards on this situation rather than feeling like you are a part of that situation. Yeah. Which, yeah, I, I, I agree that it just pulls you out of the mood. But initially, the aliens, when he first kind of appears, I say he, it appears, is is scripted. Because yeah. he kind of appears and then it's like, he fucks off down a corridor and that's it. It's like, uh, it disappears. That's the second encounter. That's the, the one I was talking about. The, oh, okay, sure. The, yeah. the first encounter, he appears in the cutscene and then... It suddenly switches to your view, and the alien's still there in front of you, dealing with the other the other person. Uh, and the objective yes, is yes. basically the run. objective is basically run. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And I ran. I don't know about you, mate, but I was terrified at this point. <laughs> um, you, you run and you run and you run and you go down corridors. You don't even know where you're going at this point. You're just running, and you get to one of these fast transits, which is basically a lift that doesn't just go up and down, and. God, does that fast transit thing take a while to arrive? It takes forever. I mean, it's like, yeah, because you bathe in complete darkness in that section, apart from your head, like, flashlight sort of thing, and you're pressing the button and hoping to fucking God that that thing's going to turn up. But, yeah, I mean, for, like, kind of later on, the thing is that this game has been kind of pegged as you against one alien, which isn't true, because you encounter human enemies as well as the androids which i have found so far to be more terrifying than the alien i don't know i haven't had enough chances to encounter the alien to to decide that but i will say that the androids are pretty terrifying um have you have you been stuck in a corner with a couple of them yet yeah and i absolutely shit myself i I they are horrible it's not good that thing where you, you you swing your only weapon at them the wrench and they just catch it 
Yeah. And they're just looking at you with their dead eyes, and they're just they try and choke you, and oh, it's horrible. I, I did not enjoy that at all. It's the juxtaposition and, between kind of their actions and like, oh, we only want to talk to you, and it's like, no, you don't. You want to fucking rip my head off, but yeah. you know, it's like, oh, we're wasting his time, like his time and effort, like looking for you, sort of thing, and then they'll move away, and it's like they'll come back later on and say, we only want to help, and then. So, oh, yeah. So these androids, um, from a story point of view, these androids are, what is it they call them, working Joe androids? I think it's like regular Joe or something like that. These yeah. are, there's a company called Seekson, which is like in direct competition to Whaling Utani, uh, yeah. of the, of the actual films themselves. And these are kind of like the inferior products. So like Ash and Bishop from the films. Yeah. Uh, like models at top of the human. line, as, yeah. as Bishop says himself. Yeah, and then with Seekson, apparently the the reason that they do this is because people don't like human looking androids, so they make yeah. them with these like super blank, rubbery faces with the little dot glowing eyes. Uh. <laughs> it's the first time you see them. There's just one working behind like a reception desk. Mm-hmm. And it's like he's been super friendly, blah blah blah, and then you kind of find the motion tracker scanner um, from the alien films, only kind of a more inferior version of it. And then it's like you see something moving, and you turn around, and it's there. It's just like- stood there, and it, it, that shit me up. I like it. You're saying it's an inferior version of it, right? But what do you remember of the motion tracker in the first Aliens it went, Alien movie? It went did it did it did it. No, that's did the one it, from uh, Alien Aliens. <laughs> I don't that's remember. That's the one fifty seven years later. I so have you think not about... watched Alien in a very long time. Yeah, but when you think about it from a timeline point of view, right? So obviously Alien happens, and then this game takes place. I think it might be it's at least ten years after Alien. Mm-hmm. This game takes place because Amanda Ripley is an adult at this point. Yeah, and and. Uh, an alien she's talking about she was going to try and get back home for her daughter's her young daughter's birthday and stuff like that so I think the the idea is well her, her, her daughter was 80 when she died she was 50 so her daughter must have been I don't know but either way um, when you play the, when you, when you watch the, <laughs> the I, I can't do the math math is too hard <laughs> but when you um, when you watch the original alien movie the motion tracker doesn't have a screen it's yeah. just a thing you point and it makes like a kind of noise when it's pointing towards something but when you watch Aliens it's obviously this much more high tech one. Yeah. This seems like an evolution this seems like some somewhere way beyond the one in Alien but nowhere near as good as the one in Aliens so I, I quite like that. I, I do like that they've kind of got the technology a little bit more advanced than they have in the first film even though everything it is a perfect middle ground between the two films so they've got the technology just looking right i mean the hacking little the little hacking mini game that you get um so boring it really is and it's a bit finicky to do with the left right stick sort of thing yeah. but i don't fancy trying to do it while there's an alien about either it's terrifying i'm i've not i've got to a point where one of the more frustrating sections was at one point you have to go to try and find a card key off of someone Mm-hmm. But first, you've got to get a code that opens this door. And as soon as you get the code, the alarms go off. Oh no, something's happened. Shit. There's a fucking big, massive alien chasing you. Um, and then he falls out of a, an air vent. And then you've got to try and sneak to this door, put a code in, and then sneak around this entire section to try and find uh, this, this card key. The difficulty being is, it gets very boring very quickly when all I'm doing is hiding in a locker for about five minutes while the... It's like, um, what you need after that is a 45 minute cutscene you've got Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> 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 oh. Good one, Jace. But what I was going to ask talking about the androids, Terry, was mm. the English guy from the first cutscene. Android. Yeah, it's he's got to be. be he's he? got to be. be. I mean, there's he... a prime candidate in this game for being who's going to be the secret android. It's got to be him. It's got. That's, that's my bet. As a as a British, you know, he's a British tough kind of guy that works for the company, so you know it's got to be an android. Um, I, I make I, it's something. As soon as I saw him in the first cutscene, was android. I could yeah, pick him off very... from a fucking mile off. He's very similar to David from Prometheus, isn't he? Yes. And, and his actions and his mannerisms and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. But people probably listening who have played the game right now are probably sitting laughing, going, "Ha! Amanda Ripley was the 
the android the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> that but, means uh, Johnny Weaver's character is a uh, fucking android too. They're having babies. But yeah. it's 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 something that because from what I've heard and I try and avoid spoilers and and reading too much about games, but this game apparently ends like fucking five times uh, before it comes to a proper conclusion. So that will pro- probably be one of the oh my god he was an android all along, and I'd be like okay, figure that out in the first thirty seconds. So what I will say is I, I think maybe the uh, people are saying it ends quite a few times. There's quite a few times where it feels like it should have. But I think that might be excessive, but tell me a horror that doesn't have the false end. Do you know what I mean? Including all of the Alien movies, well, except for the third one, but they all have that bit where they think that they're home free and then there's something else that has to be dealt with, whether it be the she's in the escape pod, she's actually getting ready to go go into bed, Mm -hmm. and then suddenly the thing pops out, or whether it be... Uh, the end of Aliens where she's tucking everyone in and it turns out that the Queen's been there the whole time and sticks its tail through poor Bishop. Uh, so I think that's a proper... I don't even think that's an alien trope. I think that's a horror movie thing, isn't it? Just yeah. to, to think everything's all safe. and I think it's just to lull you into that false sense of security and then suddenly something will happen again. But uh, I hope it's not as bad as what people are making it out to be. I'm looking forward to carrying on with it. I mean, there's so many games coming out recently that need my time and love and attention, but I've enjoyed what I have apart from this last section that I've had to play because this last section I've tried for the past... I've probably spent about two hours on this section and I finally managed to get through it, but that was because I was getting killed constantly. The difficulty with the alien is the fact that the... The whole thing about this is the fact that the AI, you know, the AI for the alien is smart. It's not got like static movements, and you know, it doesn't take the same path constantly. It moves about through the vents and pops out out of nowhere. The difficulty is because it's so unpredictable. I find myself just sat in a locker, waiting for five minutes, hoping that it's not going to scurry past, and then keep on like r- finding me, running away. But you can't outrun it. Yeah. It's it's a bit difficult. Whereas, like for example, like I was saying with the regular Joes or the you know the androids in it, I found myself in the encounter after you get the distress call from your crewmates. Mm-hmm. This isn't really a spoiler because it happens in like the first two hours. You know, after that, you're kind of in a section where there are many androids, and you've really got to kind of plot your path around to try and uh, sneak past them. Yeah, I found that more terrifying and more effective than what the alien has been. Because at one point I got caught by one of the androids and actually hid in a locker for probably about two, three minutes. Actually, like me literally sweating bullets because I was that nervous that it was going to find me. And mm-hmm. he's just kind of scurrying about. And I've not really found that experience with the alien. It's just like, great, he's seen me, fuck, he stabbed me, right, okay, start the section all over again. And one thing I will mention about this game, the sieve function... I know it's, two fucks to itself. Yeah, it, I know it's a, a, an actual decision that someone made that let's put the saves in the environment but space them out as far as possible. The difficulty is there's no checkpoint system. So if you get killed uh, that's by That's not it, entirely true. It's not 100% true. When you start a new chapter, you know, when you, like, when you go on one of the lifts and it actually kind of goes out into a loading screen. Okay. Well, you it seems to auto-save at that point because... I was terrified because my second encounter with the alien, I'd saved it before that and mm-hmm. I hadn't saved it for ages and I'd played for quite a while and I got murdered by one of the androids upstairs and I was like, oh no, I'm going to have to go and face the alien again and stuff. But yeah. no, it kind of loaded as I walked out of the lift, so I think there might be an autosave as you start a new chapter. Well, that's not too bad, but I mean, during, I mean the levels are pretty big. Yes. So if you don't save, you're screwed. No, yeah, and you're, you're right. Not only that, though, but it's got a timed function to it, so you've got to wait for probably, what, maybe three, four seconds before it will actually give you the option to, would you like to save? So if an alien gets you in the meantime, you're dead, and you've not saved. Are you? And you yeah, yeah. The alien you had thing, this happen, then, yeah? I've seen it happen. I, I watched a, a video review, and someone actually made the same complaint of, you know, when you're saving, and it actually showed the alien just stabbing him from behind. My question is, if you'd managed to save... When you load up the game, will the alien always be behind you at that point? I had it where I was in the same section I'd kept on dying with. I'd finally got what I needed and managed to sneak back into the like the previous section 
and there's a save point in there. I'd saved it, came out, and the alien was just stood right in front of me and killed me. And yeah. I'm thinking, fuck, I hope this this isn't going to fucking keep happening every time I load this game. Luckily, it didn't. Right, so it might be a wee bit generous think, when it comes to that. Yeah, I think it's a bit forgiving in that sense, but I think... Yeah, because it would have to, because if you saved your game and you've saved over the top of everything you've done so far, but every time you step away from this, every time you restart the game, you die, the game's over for you, isn't it? You have, you have to either start it from the beginning or more likely trade it in yeah. and not play it again. That's the thing. I mean, it does actually, if you'll notice when you die, it says load game, load previous save. Mm-hmm. So if you, they're expecting you to, right, if you're in a shitty position, you can load the previous save if you want and put yourself yeah, the back one into from, the The one from 35 minutes ago, yeah. I, so no thanks. You've kind of got to weigh that up, but I'm going to persevere with it. I'm a bit disappointed in a way. The atmosphere is right. It looks incredible. The weapons are pointless. The revolver does nothing. I mean, I've encountered some regular the androids, whatever the fuck you call them. I've encountered them, and I must have put about six bullets into one of them, and it didn't take them down for shit, and they still ended up killing me. So the weapon, the only weapon I've got is a revolver at the moment, yeah, and it just feels absolutely pointless. It just feels yeah, and useless. You can't, you can't hit them with a wrench because they just catch it. Yeah, so <laughs> the the weapons seem just absolutely null and void. I know that they put it in there probably to try and target your first-person shooter guys, but this isn't the game for you. This is more of a... This is very close to amnesia, I guess, in the whole you're supposed to kind of stay clear of the darkness, or in this case, the alien and, and the enemies and that sort of thing, but I don't understand why they've got weapons. You should just be able to craft, like, the, the you know, the flares or the noisemakers and that sort of stuff and try and distract enemies rather than try and take them head on or even make you believe that you can do, because it's just absolutely a fruitless task. What I'm going to say is, um, obviously you're, you're a bit disappointed, Terry, but mm. for me, this does what I want it to do. Um, I was just looking for a haunted house in space, just like the first Alien movie. Mm-hmm. The gameplay isn't the best, but well, it's not bad. Do you know what I mean? No, it's I just, so, uh, yeah. it's just as you say, things are hard to kill and stuff. But I'm fine with that. What I will say is, if there's something about that has the capability of killing you, even the part where you're sneaking away from the humans at the start, you can cut the atmosphere in this thing with a knife. Yeah, uh, it constantly has me sitting on the edge of my seat, biting my fingernails. I can only play it in short bursts, or yeah. else you know the stress just absolutely takes over. Um, so, like after about an hour and a half, it's time to go watch something funny on YouTube for a wee bit, <laughs> and take a break, and then come back to it. Sleep with all um, that some. Yeah. yeah. So I think this game is terrifying. It might be one of the scariest things I've ever played, to be honest. Mm. Uh, and that's exactly what I wanted from it. It's the same as going to a horror movie, isn't it? You're not expecting the best plot, the best acting and stuff like that, you're expecting to be terrified and you, that's what you want from it. So I kind of feel that way about this. It does it does what it says in the tin for me. Yeah, I'm looking forward to... You're right, it, the atmosphere is, is pretty intense. So I'll persevere with it, see how we get on with it and maybe next episode, maybe if we've played more or even finished it, maybe have a better perspective of it all. Yeah, Possibly, yeah. maybe, perhaps. Perhaps. <laughs> to be continued... <laughs> Jace, we've been talking for ages, mate. Do you want to you tell us what you've been up to? Yeah, I suppose. Um, I suppose the only other thing, other than playing a million hours of Destiny every day, um, I've been playing Forza Horizon 2, which I've been looking forward to. I did I did say last in the last episode I'll be talking about it. So, um, yeah, I've managed to squeeze a few hours of that in. And, you know, I'm a big car nut. You know, I love me cars. You know, I love driving games. Um, and, you know, I love open world things, so this on paper was going to be the ideal thing for me. Um, as you know, I came in late to the party for Forza Horizon 1. I didn't play it when everybody else was playing it, um, which I think I missed out on at the time. I think uh, that was a bit of an oversight on my part. Uh, so I got into that afterwards, and yeah, it was alright, but it felt a bit empty without people you know in there. Uh, this one, on the other hand, because it uses the driver's R system from Forza Motorsport 5, um, it feels like there's people there even when there aren't, and people that you know, so I can be driving down the road. And 
Terry can come past me, yeah. even if he hasn't played the game. <laughs> He'll come past me, driving his Bugatti Veyron, and then I'll uh, chase him in my blooming Ford Escort. Or <laughs> so lots of that goes on. Um, the driver tiles in this work probably better than the ones in Forza Motorsport 5, uh, because with it being open world and being a bit more free, uh, being out in the countryside and stuff, it just means that, that you haven't got those tight constraints of a track, so when a driver tile does something stupid, it doesn't automatically wipe you out, it just means that they've taken a slightly different line, um, and the race can continue without having to restart it, so that's, that's pretty... Does man just keep on crashing um, into buildings and crashing into people? I think everyone's does that, to be honest with you. It's very much a thing. Um, the instant thing that I see, uh, other than the fantastic graphics, the graphics are beautiful, obviously. It's on the Xbox One, so um, it looks amazing. The lighting is superb. The car model's superb, as you'd expect. Uh, I'm always playing it properly, so I play it with cockpit view only. So there's got lovely cockpit views but in there. But then you can't see the uh, lovely cars. Yeah. You can, you go past all the other lovely cars, you fucking ass at all. I want mine to be the loveliest. <laughs> oh, fucking dick you are. <laughs> so I play it cockpit view, as you, as you meant to, and none of this bloody breaking lines and all that bollocks, none of that. So it makes it um, makes it quite immersive, because uh, it feels like you're actually driving the car, and the, and the handling models are, are fantastic. Um, you know when you're putting the handbrake on, it does what you expect a handbrake to do if you're a driver of a car, so it, it's it's quite good. So with with the previous Forza Horizon, what I found a bit of a problem was, even though you were on roads and stuff, there was a lot of places you couldn't go. So you, you could cut the odd corner, but you couldn't just go barreling through all the fields and fucking off it willy nilly. Um, you'd, you'd still hit the invisible walls and the and the rock hard wooden fences and stuff like that. It's a lot more open in this one, so you can literally just turn left on a road and fuck off through a vineyard or fuck off through a field um, and. A lot of the races take place in those bits as well, so that's pretty nice. Uh, the buildings are a bit uh, a bit wooden, if you like. They're not made of wood, obviously. They're made of other things that buildings are made of. But um, you can't really... I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. You can't really interact with the buildings properly and stuff, so that, they, they look a bit... I, think, I thought you meant forced. you could just drive straight through them, even if they were concrete. <laughs> no, but... Yeah, I don't know. I, I expect a bit more damage and stuff when you hit walls and that and you, you don't really get it but that, that's just very picky stuff from me to be honest with you um, the thing I am missing, although I've got the driver tiles in there, nobody else seems to be playing it at the times I'm on it so I haven't done the um, co-op challenges and stuff like that yet which is something I was really looking forward to, I was looking forward to getting four or five of us and just blasting around, going to the airport as you do in all driving games that have got an airport and go and do some jumps and <laughs> pissing about Um it's got an airport like, like Burnout Paradise that did and stuff, but uh, without anybody else to play with, it's a bit boring. I'll have this next week, mate, so don't you worry. Ah, oh, then we'd be all over it. Um, I suppose I need to try and position where this game sits amongst other games of the genre. So, um, obviously, it's more arcadey than Forza Motorsport 5, but it's probably slightly less arcadey than Burnout. So it probably sits just, yeah, just the simulation side of Burnout Paradise, I suppose. With it being realistic cars and stuff like that, you'd expect it to sit there. But I'm thinking gameplay-wise, it's not quite so mental and ridiculous as Paradise, but it has got its moments. It sits firmly in the middle, doesn't it? Well, I don't know about this one, but I, I mean, I have played the demo of it, but I definitely played a lot of Forza Horizon 1, and it's, it hits that sweet, sweet spot for me. I don't like simulation games that much. But this is just simulation enough that I can enjoy it, and it makes. Yeah, it... I think this one is a bit more arcade than the than the previous one. I think this one because, as I say, you've got you've got more terrain and more space to go around and more going through fields and stuff. Yeah. Um, it's that slight more arcadey feel, I think. So in your Forza Horizon one, you obviously had you had your speed cameras, you had your uh, discount signs, and you had. Um, your barn finds and stuff, I take it that's all back in here again? All that stuff's in there again. Um, you've got different boards to collect. You've got XP boards, you've got fast travel boards, you've got discount boards, you've got all the different boards and that. Um, speed cameras are here again, and also average speed cameras, so start and finish for a section. I, I hate those, those, I hated them well. in the first one. Yeah, they're, they're not so bad. I think because you've got now the extra width 
on the roads and stuff because you you can go onto the grass more and, and through fields and stuff. Mm-hmm. They're not quite so unforgiving as they have been before. Yeah. Um, in this game also you've got the um, what's it called the bucket, bucket list. list. So there's specific challenges for specific cars you find around the place, and some of those are quite fun. Uh, apparently, some of them are quite hard. I haven't found a hard one yet. Um, mm. What else is in there? Um, there's, there's there's like real um, big events in there as well. Like one of them, you're racing against um, an acrobatic formation team, and I think it was in the the demo, wasn't it? What that came out? Was um, you race? You're doing a race against an acrobatic team. So where they're in their planes, oh yeah, flying yeah. Off really fast. You're you're racing against the team. Um, so that, that's quite. See, that's the thing I was wondering about, right? Um, oh, I suppose not because. Yeah, you unlocked challenges like that as you put your reputation up. But the one I was going to notice is you were saying about fast travel boards. In the first one, you used to have the outposts. And I quite liked the outposts because each outpost used to have um, three challenges on it. The first challenge gave you 25% off fast travel, the next one 15 And if you did the third one, you got fast travel to that place for free. But I see now, so is it just boards you get now for fast travel? You don't get the outposts anymore? I don't know about how fast travel works, mate, because as you know, <laughs> I will not use fast travel in a game, and certainly not in a game where fast travel takes me out of the thing the game is all about, which is driving cars. Yeah, but... Um, Why would I want to fast travel? I don't know. I don't know how fast travel works at all. Mate. But at least uh, the first one had the outposts, so you could at least change cars when you were out in the wilderness. Does, does this not have anything like that? Um. Yeah, I think you can... Um, what can you do? Yeah, you can, you can go... There are... Um, certain places around the map where you've got like a group of events or a place where you can start a bunch of races and that from. So those that sort of mechanic is still in there for, for changing your cars and you, you you never even though it's bigger than Forza Horizon, it never seems like you're very far from one of the hubs. Yeah. And what about um, um rally material? Is there rallies in this or are we gonna to have to buy DLC for that again? The rally cars are in there and the, the dirt tracks and that are all in there. Um so it's probably more rally than the DLC was for the first one. Yeah, I think um, built into the game. Yeah, I think the rally stuff and the f- first game. You know, where a lot of games are guilty of, you know, cutting content out and then putting them out as DLC, i.e., Alien Isolation. Um, I think with Forza Horizon, it very much felt like the rally was an afterthought that they decided we could put a rally system into this and do that. Um, so I'm not surprised that they just put it in this time and didn't make you pay for it, but that, that's good. I liked the rally in the first one, although it felt a, a wee bit dead. It felt very disconnected to the game. Yeah. This one's actually built into the main campaign. Yeah. Like this section, the section I was on t- earlier today is probably the third major section, and you start that and it says pick one of these rally cars, either from modern rally cars, 90s rally cars, which obviously I chose. Um, yes, Darren, this is for you. Um, so, it's actually built into the progression of the game, so uh, that's that's quite good. Well, there's not many games um, that give you like the full sports car experience and also fling in a whole rally mode in there, is there? No, not at all. Um, but overall, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I've, I haven't got very far through it. I think I'm only about 15% through the progression bit of it. Um, Obviously, the first thing I did was go around and try and unlock every single road around the entire map. So I think I've got three roads left I haven't unlocked in the whole map at the moment. Nice. Um, just because that's what I do. And finding loads of boards and stuff early in the game because that's what I do. And I might actually get to the proper content at some point. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I really do like about it, though, is um, every time you level up, you get like a little fruit machine chance. So it gives you a... I call it a wheel spin, and it spins round um, on the screen and gives you either some cash or um, a new car. So I haven't actually bought a car outright. I've actually bought all my car, one of my cars on the um, wheel spin thing so far. And so that's quite nice. Uh, I take it you'll be uh, unlocking ones for doing certain challenges in the game as well. Yeah, there's uh, there's always that thing, isn't it? You beat this car and you can win it and all that sort of stuff. So that's in there still. Yeah. Um, so I'm doing lots of that and. Uh, don't forget, obviously, the Forza rewards as well. Um, I got a nice 600,000 credits in there or something the other day just for going on Forza rewards and clicking the button, so that's quite nice. So how does that work? Actually built... is, is that a... Well, you know, the Forza rewards has been about since Forza 4, I think. Is it? Yeah, um, so you go Forza, Forza Motorsport or Forza Rewards or something like that, .net, and 
no, sorry, ForzaMotorsport.net slash rewards. And you go on there, and it tells you how many rewards you've earned in each of the Forza games, from Forza 2, Forza 3, Forza 4, Forza 5, Forza Horizon, Forza Horizon 2, and it will give you some cash for all of those games based upon how good you are. Every month or two months. Nice. So, um, because I've played all of the Forza games and done pretty well on all of them, I'll get lots and lots of cash out of it. And that Forza uh, rewards thing is actually built into an Xbox One app called Forza Hub, which you can just pop straight into from the game. Hmm. Uh, so that's quite nice. I need so you don't even have to get it on your phone anymore, you can do it straight in the app uh, on the, the app on the Xbox One. Yeah, I need to get on that then. Try, the, try and do the app, actually, when you go online, but, uh, without going through the game, so you can get the Forza Hub app on its own you should see what you can get on right I will do after this yeah um, so yeah bring it to a close um, lots and lots of cars lots and lots of fun I want to get more people on there so if anybody's listening is playing Forza Horizon 2 give us a shout and uh, let's do some co-op stuff and race each other and smash each other into walls for a laugh Terry have you not got it you like a bit of racing I've got it I've not opened it yet because I've been deep in horror games Fucking rich cunts in this podcast, <laughs> I'm telling you. No, not at all. No. Uh, well, it is the season to do horror games, Terry, so you can be forgiven. Thank you. But um, if you do want to play a game that is actually out for driving, that isn't Drive Club, that's not Shucks. there, you can um, always pop it in. And, uh, I will give it a go. Cool. Right. Yeah, that's that's pretty much all I've got to say about it. Um, when I get later in the game, I might have more things to say, but I might reference back to it in a future episode. There's a bit of that going to burn, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, we like to refer back to ourselves, don't we? Self-referential pricks that we are. Yeah. <laughs> right, so we've, well, have uh, we been in this off, then? I think we are, mate. I think... Um, have you done all today's Destiny stuff? Probably no. not. So we better go and get done that. Uh, right, people, thank you for listening again. Um, once again, you know where to get hold of us if you've got any uh, feedback on anything we've said, anything you agree with, anything you disagree with. Uh, anybody wants to send some love to Terry for his return. Send us a message on the Twitter console underscore ninjas or at console underscore ninjas would probably be better. And you can get us on the email console ninjas podcast at gmail.com. Look forward to your next show, which will be about some games and things, probably um, some scary stuff going on for Halloween. Will you into that? Yeah, um, it might be something in the, in the works there. Oh, well, uh, we'll look forward to that. And uh, thank you, lads, for giving us your time. And uh, listeners, thank you very much for listening. We'll catch you again very shortly. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 <laughs> Bye. <laughs>